Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Divine with Wrestling with the Locals, and I know that I haven't been on since Elimination Chamber, so I'll try to get everything in on this episode as we kind of cover Raw and uh, AEW Dynamite and a few other things. Um, they did give, um, I know we talked about briefly, Riley, I believe it's Riley Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. Um, not, not Bobby Fish, I'm sorry. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is taking some time off from NXT to recover, even though he's not actually injured, injured. I know it's part of the storyline, but uh, things like that going on right now. So Monday night, they started off with a recap of Elimination Chamber where the Miz Shock World cashed in to win his second WWE championship. They opened up Raw when John Morrison, with John Morrison in the ring, introduced the newly crowned WWE champion. Misses, he's taken out Batista Cena, Triple H, and more, and that he called his shot and did exactly what he said he was going to do. Uh, he says he is a main event superstar and the only two-time Grand Slam champion in the business before he's interrupted by none other than the Hurt Business's Bobby Lashley and MVP. Bobby said, I helped you win the title, blah, blah, blah. Let's, you know, give me my title shot. So what it looks like to me is they are going to quickly be taking the belt off of is as soon as possible. Uh, Miz is not slated to be in the WrestleMania main event. Bobby Lashley actually is, oddly enough. Now that Edge is set to take on Roman Reigns. Uh, Bobby tells Miz that he is going to take an hour to decide. Because that he's, he can take an hour to decide. Uh, we get Riddle versus Morrison. Uh, Riddle does defeat Morrison via pinfall. They get a graphic of the clock from Miz's countdown. Talk about Rhea Ripley's debut. They make it a backstage segment where Bad Bunny and Damian Priest um, have an interaction with R Truth. He confuses Bad Bunny with Bugs Bunny. A little bit of funny stuff. Uh, Truth leaves on backstage. Miz complains to Adam Pierce about what Bobby's making him do before Adam says that Miz should take all comers. Take on all comers and that he made a deal with Bobby and MVP. New Day versus Retribution. New Day would pick up that victory over Retribution when Ali seemed very upset. Then we see MVP and Bobby making their way out to the ring awaiting Miz's decision. When we come back, Miz, John Morrison, and Bobby are in the ring with Adam Pierce before Miz says that he needs more time and wants to be at his best when he defends against him. Miz tries to delay the match by a week before they're interrupted by Braun Strowman. In the ring and that and says that he's got a getting a title shot before Bobby. Uh, Miz tries to instigate the fight between Miz, uh, Bobby and Braun. And Shane McMahon comes out and reprimands Braun for thinking he can demand a title match. Shane says, tell you what, Braun, if you can beat Bobby Lashley, we'll make it a triple threat next week for the title. If not, it'll just be Bobby. <laughs> And Miz, and then of course Bobby, you know, chop blocks Braun from the back of the leg. And then we got the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin versus Lucha House Party, and what was supposed to be a, I guess, Texas Tornado tag match, but uh, they did some tagging that out, which was odd. But anyway, the Hurt Business did defeat Lucha House Party via pinfall. Then we get Damian Priest with Bad Bunny versus Angel Garza. Garza. Damian Priest wouldn't win this match via pinfall than the 24-7 title people would come out pursuing. Damian Priest would take out a few, then Bad Money would throw um, Drew Gulak over the top. 
Then we get a segment that recapped Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton, and then Randy Orton ends up spitting up some kind of black substance at the end of this segment and walking off camera or stumbles off camera. Then they get a recap of Lacey Evans' announcing, uh, announcement where she says she was pregnant. Then we get Charlotte and Oscar versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Uh, should be noted here that Shayna Baszler inadvertently kicked one of Oscar's teeth out on the um, trying to remember what they were doing. I think Oscar had Oscar had Nia Jax in some submission. Shayna came in to make the save, and when she did, she like tried to punt kick her, and Oscar kind of moved forward instead of back. And she got kicked right in the mouth, and she lost a tooth in regards to that situation. So, you know, Santa Basil is a legit fighter, so you know, she can kick the shit out of somebody. So she kicked a, a tooth out of Oscar. But uh, Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler would defeat Oscar and Charlotte Flair via pinfall. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Sheamus defeats Jeff Hardy via pinfall. Um, and then we move on to Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Lana and Naomi. Lana and Naomi would defeat Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Lana has become very impressive. She's actually, you can tell she's training. She's doing a lot better in the ring. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. AJ defeats Ricochet via pinball. Then we get a backstage segment with Miz and John Morrison discussing their strategy for Miz's title fence next week. When Braun walks up and scares them off as they go to commercial break, then we get Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Um, Bobby would defeat Braun via pinfall. To deny, um, you know, Bobby, Bobby's a tough dude. I'm just surprised that they let him go over like that. But they let him go over. He uh, he defeated uh, Braun Strowman via pinfall to deny Braun Strowman entering into next week's WWE Championship match. After the match, Bobby attacks Braun, but gets in the ring and gets speared as we go off the air. So looks like next week on Monday Night Raw, we're probably going to get a title change. Now, I may be wrong, but I feel like we'll get a title change. Drop that belt to Bobby Lashley, and we'll start the road to uh, WrestleMania. Um, I'm not really going to cover Impact because they're not, um, you know, they're not on my radar. You know, the Good Brothers. I will say that much. The Good Brothers um, had a match against XXXL, and they defeated them. But uh, Impact not really using a lot of the the access to the. AEW guys that they can use. Uh, I know they were supposed to have a deal with Sammy Guevara, but something happened there. They did have a TNA World Heavyweight Championship match, which makes no sense. You're impacting up TNA. But Moose defended against Jake something. And, uh, of course, Moose would retain. Uh, shout out to the fact that Jazz and Jordan Grace did defeat Susan and Kimberly via pinfall. But uh, that's, that's about it that was on my radar from impact this week on Tuesday night as we move right along into let's go to here we go NXT pull up NXT and cover some of it real quick we get an open for tonight's show video package of our main event between NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar and former NXT Champion Karrion uh, Cross. Johnny Gargano with the way versus Dexter Loomis Dexter Loomis defeats Johnny Gargano via referee stoppage. Outside NXT's general manager, William Regal, awaits the arrival of Santanos Escobar. In an extended video package of MSK after they're winning the men's Dusty Cup. Ahead of their matchup next, as we go to commercial, we get a video package of Shotzi Blackheart. 
backstage MSK are interviewed before they're attacked by grizzled young veterans with chairs. Tyler Russ with Malcolm Bivens versus Leon Ruff. Uh, match never even got started. Uh, looks like Isaiah Scott come out and attacks Leon when he's making his entrance before leaving and playing as Tyler and Malcolm celebrating the ring like they won the match. Backstage promo from Cameron Grimes who offers people money in exchange for doing things for him. Kind of like the Million Dollar Man gimmick revamped. Pretty neat. We get a graphic for a tweet by Adam Cole where he says he's going to explain his reasoning for attacking Balor and betraying O'Reilly on tonight's show. Hiroshia versus Zoe Stark. Hiroshia defeats Zoe via pinfall. Um, backstage, the way he's interviewed. Uh, as they're leaving the arena, Johnny says he's upset with Austin not using a chair on Dexter before. And he says that Dexter is kind of attractive. Johnny then says that he's not going to let Stockholm Syndrome get in the way. And he's sending Austin to therapy before they leave the arena. Mm, Tony Storm did interrupt them and challenge the EO to a title match. She accepts for any time and anywhere. Uh, we get another outside. Cameron challenges another person to dribble a ball ten times and loses another $1,000. Uh, Cameron's losing money left and right. Casey Cantorza versus Zixali. Um, the two exchange pitches and things back and forth. Anyway, Zixali defeats Casey Corteza. Um I believe this was the match where Casey Cantorza broke her leg. Uh, I believe she's going to be out of action for a while. That's what I was pausing on. I'm sorry about that. She Something happened. I don't know exactly. I don't know. Something. I don't know exactly what happened. I haven't looked at this. But, um, let's check the little bit. She is hurt. Um, I know it's a broken leg, but I don't know exactly the full details of what happened. Um, General Manager General Manager Regal goes back outside and looks for Santana Escobar, but he still hasn't arrived to the arena yet. Video package for the WWE Women's Championship match between the champion Shannon Baszler and Nia Jax. Zoliz. Uh, Cameron Grimes again. Um, loses $1,000. Kind of an interesting situation. Then we get Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Grizzled Young Veterans defeat Drake and Killian Dane. Uh, a black SUV pulls up and Joaquin Wade and Roel Mendez get out and guard the vehicle as we see Santos Escobar in the back as we go to commercial. Backstage, Dane and Maverick are mocked by Alexander Wolf. We get a graphic for Hiroshi and Tony Storm for the next two winners championship in two weeks. No disqualification match. Here we go. Karrion Cross versus Santana Escobar. Yeah, pretty interesting. Karrion Cross defeats Santana Escobar via pinfall. Uh, and the way I understand it, I don't think the title was on the line, so I'm not sure. Backstage, we see Adam Cole making his way out to the ring. Come back from the break to LA Knight cutting a promo in his care in his career where he says that he'll debut on his time and on his turn. Turns. And then we go to the ring where Adam Cole comes out to the ring and gets on the mic and says that he had every intention of coming out and explaining what he did to Kyle. Adam says that he's sick of, sick to his stomach looking at what he did to Kyle this past week and that 
off his list, so Kyle wasn't an excuse. Adam says that he wishes he could have the conversation with Kyle man-to-man, but they can't because of him. Before saying that he was dead wrong and Kyle should be in the ring, Adam says that he made a few mistakes for what he did. Before apologizing to Kyle and saying that he's going to do everything in his power to fix things, Roderick Strong then comes out and yells at Adam for what he did to Kyle in UE, which is Undisputed Era for those of you that don't know, and that everything has changed since Adam shattered their trust. Rod says that doesn't that he doesn't know if he can save Adam from what Cole is going, Kyle is going to do to him. Before NXT champion comes out and attacks Adam, then takes out Roddy, who tries to stop him from attacking Adam before Adam super kicks. Ben and Adam apologizes to Roddy before Roddy clotheslines him. Adam and Roddy apologize to each other before Adam cries, and Roddy tries to reassure him before they hug, and Adam just blows Roddy. Adam then calls Roddy stupid and says that he's dead to him before super, super kicking him and standing over him as as we go off the air. So interesting turn of events there on NXT as Adam Cole plays the, the innocent character. But anyway, we move on to AEW Dynamite. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. JR's new intro is we come on the air, and we kick things off real quick with an interview or a promo that was taped of Ryan Namath brother of, of course, Dolph Ziggler, the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Namath versus John Moxley. In what was a very quick match, John Moxley would pick up the victory. After that, Moxley grabs a chair, sits in the middle of the ring, and cuts a promo, walking back and forth and doing his thing. Talking about how we uh, lose your draw by the time it's all done, the fans will know he always gave it everything he had. Uh, he's looking forward to his exploding barbed wire death match that we'll cover here in just a few minutes when you know when i get through talking about it that, that's going to be huge i've heard that they are working on some very you know awesome amazing things to do during this match that is going to be very graphic very brutal and very interesting and i look forward to seeing it i'm ready for revolution to get here oh uh, we get a little interview with ray phoenix and lance archer then we get the varsity blondes versus brian cage and ricky starks brian Cage is, eesh, I don't know. I'm worried about Sting going up against him in the street fight. Granted, you know, Sting's been cleared. But uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks win, but there was a spot in this match, and me and Titanic talked about it last night. Um, at one point, Brian Cage power bombs Brian Pillman Jr. up against the turnbuckle post and and, and then drops him on the the still steps, just bam, bams, let's go. I believe Titanic said that um, there were some rips broken. Not sure how that's going to work. Anyway, after the match goes off, we get a clip showing Darby Allen getting dragged in a body bag. Sting then comes out dragging a body bag, which Sting had Darby Allen in a body bag dragging him behind the car, apparently. Anyway. Sting comes out dragging a body bag. When he comes out, he unzips the body bag and Hook, which is the son of Taz, is in it. Uh, then, you know, Sting points up at the rafters and Darby Allen um, zip lines down into the arena and blasting someone with the uh, skateboard. Jeez, I can't remember what, he's, what he carries. It's a skateboard. He's a blast dude with a skateboard. Uh, Sting then hits the ring and attacks Stark and Cage with him. 
and then he hits the stinger or the scorpion splash or the scorpion. Yeah, the scorpion splash or the stinger splash in the corner. Jeez. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little bit tired. I got a lot on my plate right now. He hits the scorpion splash. The stinger splash. Yeah, we'll get it right in a minute. Jesus, I'm losing my mind. Stinger Splash is what he's famous for. The Splash in the corner. The Stinger Splash on Brian Cage. And then the Scorpion Death Drop on Brian Cage in the center of the ring. And they go off the air in the commercial break. When they come back, Tony Schiavone is doing a promo spot with Miro and Kip Saban. Nelty Ford, blah, blah, blah. They've got a match where it's going to be Miro and Kip Saban versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy at AEW Revolution. Then we get Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. And, of course, Jake Hager picks up that victory. Um, after the match, the inner circle comes out and beats down Cutler. The Young Bucks make the save. Minus Jericho and MJF. Let me point that out because Jericho and MJF are in the back beating up Papa Buck, the Young Bucks' dad. The Young Bucks leave the ring to try to make the save, but Jericho and MJF are already in a vehicle speeding off. Back from commercial break, they load up Papa Buck in an ambulance. Yes, I know the blood looked fake. It was fake. Uh, Papa Buck wanted to bleed. He was pissed that they wouldn't let him gig. They told him no. They made him use fake blood, uh, which to me took credibility away from the angle, even though it still got the point across. Um, I've never liked the use of fake blood. Never have liked the use of fake blood at all. It... Uh, just it kills me then um as they're loading papa buck into the ambulance i noticed that nick jackson and the good brothers get in the ambulance this is for just this is just a future little end of window here pay attention to some of the stuff they're doing with the young bucks and the good brothers right now because eventually we're going to get the good brothers versus the young bucks uh i don't know how that's going to work out i don't know if it's going to be title versus title for the tag titles that they have or what the deal is going to be but we're uh we're getting little bits and pieces of things as we go forward and go around right now as the good brothers got in the ambulance and they left Matt to get Mama Buck and bring her to the hospital. The announcer began talking about the matches for next week's show. And then when, um which next week's show will be Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill versus Cody and Red Velvet. That's gonna be an interesting situation. Uh also huge news come out of the AEW campus. They just signed formerly known as the Big Show. Paul White to an AEW contract, a multi-year deal. Uh, he will not only be a commentator on their new YouTube show, which is AEW Elevation or whatever they're calling it, Evolution, Elevation, something like that. Not only will he be a commentator on that show, but he will also be an active member of the wrestling roster. Then we got Isaiah Cassidy versus Adam Hangman Page. Quite a few things happened during this match. Dark Order comes out and tells referee Audrey that um, Matt Hardy got involved and Matt Hardy gets kicked out of ringside. TH2 is out there with them. They get to stay. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm exhausted, guys. I'm sorry. But the winner of the match overall was Adam Hangman Page. Pretty good match. I like what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing with the Dark Order and, and everything. Then um, after the match, Matt Hardy says Page messed up, that he wanted to give him the world. Hardy then tosses Alan Angels from the stage onto a table. The Dark Order and Page tend to Angels, who is lying outside of the ring. 
this is just all building up to Matt Hardy and, you know, Adam Hangman Page having this big money match at AEW Revolution. Then we get the AEW's, AEW Women's World Title Elimination, Eliminator Semifinal Match, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose did pick up that victory. The face of the Revolution Ladder Match Qualifying Match, which is your main event of the evening, First, making his way to the ring, the murder hawk monster, Lance Archer with the Jake the Snake Roberts, and of course, Ray Phoenix. Uh, anyway, hell of a match. I was highly, highly impressed with this. Um, Jesus. Ray Phoenix can transition on those ropes like nobody I've ever seen before. Um some of the stuff he did, like you know, Wednesday night on that, on those ropes, and, and just being able to protect himself and catch himself and do the things he did, and the fact that Lance Archer is such a beast, such a monster in the ring, and was able to <sighs> deflect so much of that. It was an incredible match. Lance Archer would pick up that victory, and uh, he will now go on to be a part of the face of the revolution match now um so much going on so much going on as aew um you know next week they have let's see they have you know shaquille o'neal and uh jade cargill making their in-ring debut on aew dynamite on the um on the wednesday night thing where they you know take on cody and Red Velvet. That's going to be an interesting match. I look forward to that. Um, it's just one thing after another. You know, AEW is impressive. They're, you know, I'm hearing so many people say things that, that are just negative, and I, I just I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But the fact that Revolution is a stacked card. You know, we've got coming up this week, Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jade Cargill. That's going to be a very, very interesting situation. Um, to find the graphics here, I know we got John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Exploding ball bar death match. Now, this is something that hasn't been seen nor done here in the U.S. This is something that's normally done in Japan. A uh, very interesting situation. Going to be a very interesting match. I'm sure it'll be the very last match, the main event. The creme de la creme, the coupe de gras of the evening. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be bloody. I'm sure it's not going to be for the weak at heart. So if you don't like gruesome, bloody matches, don't watch it. But if you're an old-school wrestling fan and you like to see two guys tearing each other limb from limb and doing what they do best, you definitely want to check this match out. It's going to be a hell of a match. I look forward to it. I'm excited for it. I know that many people are saying, oh, this is <clears throat> this is shit. But when Terry Funk gives his stamp of approval, and, and, and let me tell you why that's important, because Terry Funk has been in exploding barbed wire death matches. He's been in Japan. He's wrestled in some of the craziest matches in his career, empty arena matches and, and things like that. Terry Funk is one of the true hardcore legends of this business. And when he gives his stamp of approval and he says this is what the wrestling business needs to maybe kick Vince McMahon in the ass and wake him up, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe this will be that defining moment that sets AEW apart and shows people that they are better than WWE. 
Um, my thing is, don't count AEW short. Everything they're doing, they have a reason for. Yeah, they're signing old WWE talent, but that's because they can use them. That's because they're still they still have some gas in the tank. They still have a match left. They still have a a good title run in them. They still have something to give to this business. And it's just like tools. If you're a if you're a repairman and you have tools, you may have this old hammer, maybe an old hickory handle hammer. But you use that hammer every day, and that's the best hammer you've ever had, and you don't want to get rid of it. You've got all these new tools, but you've still got all these old tools. And you keep them old tools until they completely fall apart and they break, and they're not usable anymore because that's that's what you do. When you're, when you're in a trade, you keep around everything that you can to learn from it, to use it, to, to grow from it, to evaluate it, to, to help you make things better. And that's what people don't understand. You can say what you want about AEW, but I, I feel like there is so much more to AEW in, in substance for these guys than there is in WWE because everyone's getting an opportunity. And you can say they're not they're not pushing the young talent. They're, they've got a YouTube channel, AEW Dark, their YouTube show. It is available to you to go watch where they're pushing these young talent and giving these guys the chance to hone their craft, to get them ready to come up to dynamite. And when they're ready, they bring them up to dynamite and they put them into an angle or they put them into something. Yes. They, they got screwed over. I'll say it that way. AEW got screwed over because they signed all these guys. They were supposed to start a second show. Things were supposed to grow for them rapidly. And the COVID hit. And when this pandemic started, they got screwed over because they weren't able to start their second show on the air on live cable television like they wanted to. They weren't able to get everything up and rolling where they could push all this talent onto national TV like they wanted to. But now they're going to have two YouTube shows. Sometime this year, they're saying that there's going to be the second show coming up on cable. And I don't feel like they're going to bury anybody. I feel like they're going to work with everybody. And, and why wouldn't you sign Sting? Why wouldn't you sign Big Show? Both men who started their career in WCW on TNT, TBS, um, that brings some le more legitimacy to your company. I mean, you signed Jericho. Jericho is one of the helping founding um, members of the roster, even though the Bucks and Cody and them are the main founding members. You still have Jericho, who was originally a WCW guy who turned WWE. Uh, and then I hear people talking about uh, Big Show showing no loyalty and having no loyalty and things like that. It's not about loyalty. If Vince McMahon was loyal to Big Show, Vince McMahon would not have had Big Show on Legends Night being punked out by Randy Orton and treating him like shit. And then not even feeling obligated to offer the man the money that he's worth because Big Show is a hot commodity, whether you believe it or not, whether you look at him as a hot commodity or not. Big Show is a hot commodity in this business because it's not very often that you get a big man his size that can do some of the things that he does. And it's not like they give a shit anyway because Vince McMahon is worried about bodybuilder types. I mean, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, look at those guys. But Miz, they need to leave Miz alone and they need to let Miz have a long, healthy, happy title reign and they're not going to do that. Miz is going to end up dropping that belt to Bobby Lashley who is jacked up bodybuilder style guy. And, you know, Bobby Lashley's going to move on to WrestleMania in the main event and probably against fucking Drew McIntyre. And so we're going to get stuck with Drew McIntyre's champion again, or we're going to get a long reign from Bobby Lashley who will defeat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Uh, and I'm not saying anything 
bad because Bobby Lashley sure does deserve a title shot. I mean, he's been with WWE. This is what his second or third run now. And uh, I think the only belt he ever actually held that was a heavyweight belt was the ECW championship at one point in time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's never actually been a WWE champion or heavyweight champion at all. He's been, I think, a tag champ. And, uh, of course, Intercontinental and the U.S. champ, I think, the last one belts he's held. And I may be wrong. He may have not held the Intercontinental belt, but I think he did. But you've got to look at the way WWE books and you've got to look at the way AEW books. And and for people that say that Cody and the Bucks are just out there for them and to push themselves, again, I go back to the fact that guys like Eddie Graham, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, when they were bookers, when they were in charge of the territory, you look at the Von Ehrens, you look at Lawler, you look at the Ganyans, you look at all the territory dates. When you were in charge of a company and all that good shit, what did you do? You put the belt on yourself or someone that you knew that was inside your inner circle that you could trust. Cody has made it to where he'll never get an AEW World Heavyweight title shot uh, unless they decide to you know wait until fans maybe forget about that or you know do a different angle where maybe he, he wins something to get an AEW title shot. I don't know. Uh, he'll go for the TNT belt, and that's great. But Cody deserves to be where he is today, no matter what people think. Uh, Cody is a hell of a talent. Cody is, you know, he's one of the hottest wrestlers in the world. Uh, I'd love to see the villain Marty Squirrel brought into AEW and pushed to the moon and back. I think he'd be a tremendous TNT, tele, you know, TNT champion and things like that. But you just got to think outside the box. You got to let them do what they're doing and let them grow and develop and learn and just hope that they succeed because it has changed the wrestling world for the better, whether you believe it or not. So that is our wrestling rundown this week. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. SmackDown is tonight on Fox, but uh, I got to get off here and get ready to go in for class. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, anyway, that's it guys for divine for Titanic.